mad thing, mad thing. I'm in a field like Anglo-Saxon. Yes. Joke, man, don't ask my ranking. Nope. Still cool with the kiddies, no ramping. Killy. Cool kid, guys say I look handsome. <laughs> handsome, <laughs> handsome. <laughs> man, I lying on us about tantrums. Yo. Make a boy lay down, no planking. Mm. Make a boy lay down on my celly. Leave you on the deck like Mike Pantelli. TJ on the block, Spinelli. Jen out the pot, yeah, make a spaghetti. Little man on the wing, Martinelli. He was in the field trying to pop his cherry. Rock that steady, sound of the box on your marks, get ready. Southeast steps southwest, and now we like steps southeast. With Phineas, not Belgique, but with a mop discreet. Free TG, free T, stuck in a box, got a job complete. What's happening, people? Welcome back to another episode of M5 Vibes. I'm your host, Joanne, and today I'm going to be talking a little bit more about the proposed takeover with Daniel Eck, the Invincibles, and all of that. I'm going to be looking back at our win against Newcastle at the weekend. We're going to be looking at um, well, looking ahead towards our games against Villarreal in the Europa League and West Brom next weekend. And also a bit of Saliba watching between that. So, as always, before we get into everything, follow me on socials at Johan Yo on Twitter and Instagram. Follow up the brand accounts at Communicado Offi on Twitter and Communicado underscore official on Instagram. And yeah, without further ado, let's get right into the action. So, let's go in chronological order for the win. So, let's start off with the win against Newcastle at the weekend, of course, coming off that first set defeat against uh, Villarreal. This game against Newcastle was all about um, rotating players, getting some players back to full fitness, full speed, and, of course, building up some confidence and momentum going into that game because we've not had a good time of it recently. So, yeah, we needed to go up to St. James's and get a confident, solid performance under our belts going into Thursday. So, yeah, I think we did that. In the end, we finished Newcastle nil, Arsenal 2 Comfortable, comfortable win. Goals from El Nene and Aubameyang seeding the victory. But yeah, let's go through the rundown of the game. So yeah, the goal came, well, the opening goal of the game came in the sixth minute. And it was good work by David Luiz this afternoon. Of course, coming back into the team after a seven-game absence, I believe. So yeah, he starts with the move by sending it forwards out to Bellerin over the top. Bellerin sends the cross in. Aubameyang mishit his shot, but uh, fortunately for him... Mohamed El Nani was there to follow up. I think Debravka could have done better, maybe saved it, but it went in. Newcastle nil, Arsenal won. Six minutes in, very solid start from the boys. And yeah, man, I was liking the way we were knocking the ball around. It was a confident start from us. I don't think the tempo was quite there. I think we could have upped the ante at times, but still, we're playing well. Martinelli in bits and spurts was playing well. He was taking on Murphy. He was blitzing a few times. I don't know if he saw that scoop turn he did. Where he, where Xhaka got the ball off it afterwards, but yeah, we're we're creating a few chances, but we weren't really testing Dubravka. For example, Aubameyang had a few chances which he sent just wide at the post. Zabios had one where he didn't really take the shot well enough. But yeah, we're creating chances, but not really testing Dubravka really truly. Newcastle did um, well. I can't really say Newcastle. Say Maximin looked to be a bright spot for Newcastle and he had a chance just before the 20th minute mark where he goes on a bit of a mazy run, he ends up torching Jacker and ends up forcing a good save from Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I'll talk about him more in the player ratings, I thought he had a very good game. That was the 18th minute. Yeah, the the game just sort of, sort of went back to the way it was. Arsenal having the majority of the possession, moving the ball around well, but uh, for all our possession and all of our good interplay around the box, we're not really testing Dubravka, like I said. But anyways, I think 
Our biggest chance, aside from the goal in the half, came just before the well, chances, I should say, came just before the hour mark, half hour mark. Sorry, the first one was from Granite Xhaka from range, and it was a very good stop by Dubravka to deny him. And from the resulting corner, Mohamed Elneny had a shot, well, not a shot, a header cleared off the line by Miguel Almiron. And yeah, man. I was liking the way we're playing, but I just wanted us to get the second goal because you, with this Arsenal team, you can never feel comfortable whether we're 1-0 up, 0-0. You can never feel comfortable because you just feel like they're always going to shoot themselves in the foot. So at half-time, my only complaint was that the game hadn't been put to bed, to be honest. So, yeah. Unfortunately, the second half didn't start off too well for us because David Luiz came off injured. Seemed like he did his hamstring. This is around the 49th, 50th minute, and unfortunately, he had to come off. He he looked like he was wincing and he was limping off the pitch, and unfortunately, he had to come off when Callum Chambers will replace him. Well, Callum Chambers replaced him for the rest of the game. But yeah, anyways, the second half... More or less like the first. To be fair, Newcastle kind of took the game to us a little bit more, but again, like they weren't really able to get Almiron in the game. Almiron was very deep from large parts of it. Joe Linton was having a tough time up against Gabriel and Chambers when he came on. St. Maximin, again, was their bright spot, but again, you can't rely on one man to do everything because eventually eventually, we sussed out that if we just stop St. Maximin, we stop Newcastle doing anything. So we, you could kind of see that uh, Ceballos and Jacko were starting to double up on St. Maximin a little bit more. And yeah, eventually we got the second with about 25 minutes to go and it was a lovely, lovely crossing by Gabriel Martinelli. Very precise. And uh, Oba did well to get at the end of it with uh, with the volley. So yeah, 66 minutes. The game was finally put to bed and it was about, yeah, just game management, seeing it out, taking this thing out of the game, not allowing Newcastle to really come at us again. I thought Matt Ryan was really strong with the way he was claiming crosses. I can't lie, the man doesn't like to come out of his goal sometimes, but uh, as long as he's calm with it, as long as he knows what he's doing, then I'm all right with his confidence on the ball. So, yeah, in the end... Oh, yeah, sorry. One last incident. Um, Fabian Scher got sent off in the 90th minute for a terrible tackle on Martinelli. Just rakes down the back of his Achilles, and yeah, that's all she wrote. So, full-time at St. James's. Newcastle nil, Arsenal 2. Good performance from the boys. Take it into first day. So, yeah. Let's get into the player ratings for that. And in goal, I'm going to get Matt Moran a 7. Didn't do anything wrong. Finally gets a clean sheet and a win under his belt as an Arsenal player. And I think with the way he's been moving, the way Arteta's talking about him, I think we're going to be signing him permanently in the summer. And I wouldn't mind that as a number 2. Like... um, Something that I criticise Ben Leno for is that he doesn't always inspire confidence in his defence. And I feel like Matt Ryan does that. So... It's very lovely to see that. I don't think he's the man to be the long-term number one, but Matt Ryan can do a job whenever called upon. So, yeah. As for this game, he gets a seven. I don't think he put a foot, he put, he put a foot wrong. Sorry. Uh, right back, Hector Bellerin also gets a seven. I think he had a very solid game once again. You can see him coming on the underlap multiple times. Of course, he played a big part in the first goal. Yeah, very solid performance from Hector. I don't think he was ever troubled by... Who even played as their left wing back? Was it Dummyet or something? I don't even remember. But yeah, he I don't remember Bellerin having to do anything defensively, really. So yeah, he had a solid game. David Luiz, up until he came off, I thought he was uh, arguably our best player, actually. And it's such a shame that he got injured because it's not just his ball-playing ability. Like, you see him trying those... You can see he had the bravery and the courage to try those diagonals. 
multiple times a day. We're coming off more often than not, but it's also his personality that we've missed. We've missed his um, desire, his commitment, and you can see he's always up for those big games, and we're going to miss that if he is indeed injured for the game on Thursday. So, yeah. As for this game, up until he, when he came off, yeah, like I said, he was our best player, so I give him an 8. Gabriel alongside him, I give him a 7. I think there were a couple of times where he was kind of getting left on the back foot by St. Maximum, but overall, after a bit of... Um, I think after the first few times he sussed out that maybe he had to drop back a yard or two, and he was doing it very well. So I give him a 7. He was good. Granit Xhaka also gets a 7. I thought he was good in that left back, well, slash hybrid role again. I hope he gets put back in midfield on Thursday, but I, uh, this Arteta guy, yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll bust this with Jacket there. To be honest, on Thursday, so is where it is. Anyways, for this game, he gets a seven. Mohamed Elneny, goal aside, even ignoring the goal, I thought Elneny actually had a very good game, and the goal was just the icing on the cake. So for Mohamed, listen, Elneny has this game, these sort of games where he looks amazing but they're very few and far between which is why you can never rely on a man like that but as for this game in isolation yeah he gets an eight he was very good danny ceballos uh yeah had a very poor time torrid time on thursday but this is not redemption by any stretch of the imagination but yeah man he did well in this game as well so he gets a seven uh william i don't think he did anything wrong but He's not really anything of note either that he did, so I give him a six. Same with Martin Odegaard. Again, I think he was kind of playing within himself, and uh, yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more from him. To be fair, he did play a part in the second goal when he laid off to Martinelli for the cross, so that was good. So he also gets a six. Gabriel Martinelli. Um, um, I think he started off a little quiet, but eventually he started to get the better of Jacob Mo- Murphy and his assist was very good. I really like the way that Martinelli's been refining his game recently, and I think Arteta was talking about the possibility of him being able to play him on both the left and through the middle. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. So, yeah, Gabby, I was going to give him an eight, but then I realized I've been a bit biased, so I'll give him a seven. And uh, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang up front also gets an eight because, um, to be fair, I mean. He was, but he wasn't quiet, if that makes sense. I don't know how to explain it. Like, part of me feels like he just was not fully fit. And I think you could see that at times he was kind of blowing, especially in the last five minutes before he came off. But yeah, I think I think he offered a lot. I think um I think contrary to what we've been seeing this season, he's actually getting into goal scoring positions, he's actually getting the ball, he's actually getting a few chances. And yeah, he eventually took one of them. So that was lovely to see. And uh, hopefully if well I think he should start on Thursday anyway, but if he does start, that goal will give him a lot of confidence going into that game. So yeah. Aubameyang gets an 8. As for the subs, Callum Chambers, when he came on, I thought he was good. Gets a 7. And I think, personally, on Thursday, I'd like to see him alongside Gabriel. I don't want to see this Marion holding bollocks. Uh, Nicola Pepe and Thomas Partey weren't on long enough for me to give them ratings. So, it is what it is. And, yeah, my final thoughts um, My final thoughts from this game. Like I said, nice to see Oba on the score sheet. I know I've been beating this drum all season and I keep saying this, but again, I want us to be more ruthless and decisive in the final third. I don't think that can be rectified this season, but certainly moving forwards, we need to be more ruthless and decisive in the final third. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier with Martinelli, I think he's been refining his game a little bit. And I think 
moving forwards, it makes the dynamic of a potential Gabi or Bursaka front three a lot more interesting, especially in games where we can easily manipulate and manoeuvre space, like particularly away games, for example. I'm, I'm not saying this is something that you would try against deep blocks, for example, because I don't think that front three has enough guile to really break it down necessarily, unless the midfielder on bits, but... Yeah, certainly in away games and games where we'll have a lot of space, I'd like to see us try that. Maybe more next season, though, because I know this season's a bit of a write-off, really and truly, so, and we're focusing on the Europa League, so that's that. Uh, we're not testing goalkeepers enough on my liking. Again, that's something that I don't think that can be rectified with us this season, but again, we need to start testing goalkeepers a bit more because I think at half-time we had like 12 shots but only three on target, so that tells you the way it was going. Matt Ryan hasn't put a foot wrong for us so far. And like I said, if we do sign him permanently in the summer, I'm fine with him being a number two. Something not really relevant to the game, but if we do get another centre forward in the summer, for example, if Lacazette leaves, I would like it to be a target man type. Someone that can hold the ball up, bring others into play. The same way like we had Giroud in the past. and uh, To a lesser extent, Sanogo, even though he was absolutely rubbish, but he still had that hold-up, link-up play about him. So... Yeah, I'd like us to get another centre forward in the summer. I know people have been talking about Veithorst from uh, Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga. I wouldn't mind that if it's for a decent, decent fee. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind that as a backup option and have um, Gabi, Oba, uh, Balogun as the other options. I wouldn't mind that at all. And uh, finally, before we move on to uh, whatever is next on the agenda... Yeah, it was a decent performance on the whole. We have to take this into Thursday now because, uh, yeah. To be honest, if you need to get confidence from this game, then you're in the wrong profession. But, yeah, certainly it's it's nice to go into an important game off the back of a win. It's, you don't want to go into it off the back of even more poor results, negativity and all of that. So, yeah. Our season comes down to Thursday and, uh, yeah, we have to win the game. So, it's good that we won this to put us in better stead for this one so yeah that's the end of my review of the newcastle arsenal game let's move on to the next part which i think i mean i'm going to talk about the takeover from what cherry or had to say on monday night football so let's get into that all right so away from matters on the pitch let's talk a bit more about the proposed takeover that daniel Eck has going on with all the invincibles and all of that so yeah, we've had a few more developments on it in the past few days. Uh, Cherry Henry came out on uh, Monday Night Football and uh, said that uh, it was true. The proposals were true, and you know what? I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quote what he said. I've already watched the video, but I've got the quotes here from Sky Sports, and he said that yeah, he basically said that Ek will not give up regardless of the conquest. Of uh, KSC stance, la 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 la. He said, um, I know a lot of people wanted to hear about the takeover. It is true. Daniel is an Arsenal fan. He didn't say it for any publicity. He is an Arsenal fan for a very long time. He already reached out to the Cronkies and already said himself that he'd collected the funds to make sure that he can put in a good bid. Um, what else? They now need to listen. A lot of people have been screaming that they want the owner out. We are trying to offer a solution involving the fans and getting the DNA of the club back. There needs to be a discussion, but he reached out. I think it's going to be long and not easy if it ever does happen. One thing I want to reiterate is that Daniel will not move away. He'll be there waiting to see if they want to sell. 
that is going to take a very long time. We know what we want to do, but first and foremost, we need to make sure that we can take over if they are listening. And uh, he said that, yeah, they had a meeting with the AST, and I'm going to get the quotes from that after this, but yeah. He was basically saying that, so obviously, the problems that Arsenal have had, it goes well beyond what's happened on the pitch. And yeah, uh, us suffering on the pitch is just one part of why our fan base is so disillusioned with KSC, what they've done. The fact that they haven't delivered on the promises that they've set out. The fact that uh, Stan doesn't seem to be taking any active interest in the club. He's sent all matters to Josh and all of that. Of course, now we're hearing that they're going to invest in the summer finally. But uh, listen, man, we've been sliding down a slippery slope for years. And now I think the ESL, the European Super League, was the with the straw that broke the camel's back now. So, yeah, they want Kroenke out. They want him out. So, yeah, let me move on to uh, what... Um, let me move on to what the AST meeting was about. So, yeah, Daniel Ek and the Invincibles, they also had a meeting with the Arsenal Supporters Trust. That's what the AST are. And they say... Let me just take the main parts... The AST welcomed a recent approach from Daniel Ek and his consortium partners, Jerry Henry, Dennis Bergkamp and Patrick Vieira, and they said that meeting us was a priority for them. A constructive meeting was held, and we were encouraged to hear their commitment to making the role of fans central to their proposals. This is very welcome, and we look further forward to further dialogue. We will engage with anyone who has a serious proposal, as in... As it is important, any current or future owner is aware of the importance of working with fans. We also continue to seek constructive and meaningful dialogue with Stan and Josh Kroenke. So, yeah, it's a bit of what Cherry was talking about with the whole golden share, allowing the shareholders to veto stuff, how we've always had fans on the board and that got taken away when Stan got the order majority shares and when he acquired 100% of the club's shares. So... Yeah. The thing for me with all of this is that whilst I've heard all of this fine representation, that's the only thing we've really heard from them. That's the only concrete plan and ambition we've heard from from all of them, really. And truly, I haven't heard anything about what their plan is to make Arsenal better in the next maybe five, ten years. I haven't heard anything of sort of time skills and all of that. And it just I don't know, it just there's just something about it which seems a bit off and I don't like it, really. To me, I don't want to call a man on serious, but I just want to know more. It just feels it just feels like um, they're dream sellers, really, true. I think that's the only way I can describe it. It feels like they're trying to sell man dreams. Like uh, There is some other stuff I know, but uh, I'm not privy well. I don't think it's my place to be saying that just yet until that gets um, properly announced. There are some stuff I've heard from digging, but I'm not going to talk about that right now. But anyways, yeah, man, if this does happen, then uh, listen, they have, to, they have to deliver on their promises, to be honest. But anyways, let's get back to football. Let's talk a bit of silly watch. And yeah, Saturday night game away at Lille. Lille 2 Nice, no, of course, Lila fighting for the title. Man, this was a very difficult game for Nice. I'm not going to lie to you. They got peppered. All game, all game. 
didn't get a sniff in the first half, and yeah, in the end, he scored two very good goals from range. So yeah, anyways, I'm gonna run down the game, and early on, you could sense that it just wasn't going to be a game for Nice because they were really struggled to hold the ball up. They struggled to hold. Uh, they struggled in games like this all season. You, you see, they have games where they really just can't get a grip of. Uh, the ball, they can't really keep a hold of the ball. I can remember the game against against oh dear, what's wrong with me? Against Lorient, that's one of them. And against I think it was uh I wanna say Nîmes as well, where they really struggled to get a grip of proceedings and really struggled to keep a hold of the ball. But yeah, against Lid, who keep the ball very well, I was really impressed with Bibukari Tamari in midfield, Renato Sanchez alongside him. Jonathan David's coming a long way since I last watched him properly. Uh, check out my underrated talents if you haven't already on him. But yeah, man, under a lot of pressure early on and they got the goal. Lead got the goal inside 12 minutes that so they deserved. It was good work by Renildo to keep a hold of hold of it with Latomba closing them down. Eventually, they worked out. It was a good move in the end. Uh, Renildo gives it to David, lays it off to Yilmaz, and he scores a strong effort from outside the box. I don't think Nice could have closed down better. That's the one criticism I'd have of them for the goal, but again, it's a good strike. Maybe Benitez could have done better as well, but... Is what it is, man. 12 minutes in, lead one, Nice nil. And like I said, they were struggling to get a foothold in the game and pose any sort of attacking threat. I don't remember them having a single shot on target in the first half, really. In fact, I think their first shot on target actually came straight after the break, where um, I want to say Alexis called Maurice. No, it was actually Kamara, Kamara that forced a good save from uh, Mike Minya. But yeah. Lille's, no, sorry, Nice's task got even harder in the 47th minute when Jordan Latomba got sent off now. For what it's worth, he actually should have been sent off in the first half when he put an awful, awful tackle on uh, Samare. But yeah, he was walking on he was walking on thin ice after that. And why he didn't get taken off at halftime, why the manager Osea didn't bring on Danny Yoka to break, I will never know because he was already walking on a tightrope and he ended up getting sent off just after the break. So yeah, these they were fucked. Let me let me not mince my words. They were fucked from this point. And yeah, it was inevitable that Nice would extend their lead eventually. And it came not too long afterwards. Again, it's uh, Reynildo heavily involved in the goal. Uh, deep cross by him into the box. who was headed away by Salibar. But uh, Zeki Celik under half volley caught it perfectly. And the shot flew into the back of the net. There's nothing really they could have done about the goal. Nice really. Don't blame Saliba because... Um, Again, like he's heading it away, but no one's, no one's, uh, no one's trying to win the loose ball. So Celik just picks it up and smashes it into the back of the net. Two 0 game over. You're done. They could have extended their lead even more. Yilmaz uh, hit the post. This was the 65th minute, and after that, yeah, Lille, like after that, I think they realised that Nice were just really struggling, not really offering anything. So they kind of had mercy on them a little bit, and yeah. The game just uh, meandered towards its conclusion, which ended up being uh, Lille 2, Nice nil. And I'd say from William Saliba's uh, perspective, considering the circumstances, I don't think he played badly. I thought he actually had a decent game. Him and Tadebo, they were kind of holding the fort down. I thought uh, at times they dealt with David and Yuma as well, save from maybe that one chance where I don't know where the hell Saliba went. Man, I went off for walkies and Yuma's just uh, ghosting behind both him and Tadebo and ended up having that chance, uh, which he hit the post. 
So yeah, man, difficult game for them. But uh, yeah, it is what it is. You have to have tough games like this if you want to learn. And there was another report the other day that uh, Saliba will be given a chance in preseason to fight for his place uh, heading into next season. And if we don't make Europe, I'd like to see Saliba get game time in the Premier League. So yeah. On the whole, we move, man, we move. Let's move on to a bit of the Europa League. Europa League, our season comes down to this. The first leg was shit. Villarreal 2, Arsenal 1. Dreadful, dreadful performance from the boys. I don't know what the fuck we won. We can see the two sloppy goals in the opening half hour. Mikel Arteta got his tactics very, very wrong playing that false nine when he had Martinelli on the bench. He decided to go with Smith Rowe as a false nine. Like, a, Euro- a European semi final is not the time for experimentation, big man. Do not ever, ever, ever do that again. And yeah, man, we just made the game harder than it needed to be, conceding those two goals. Of course, we did get that very crucial away goal when Saka dived to get a penalty and Nicola Pepe scored the penalty. Mikel Arteta, man, oh my god, man, he's losing me, he's really losing me, because sometimes, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk about this more at the end of the season, I don't really want to make this hate towards Arteta, because the season's not done, we need to support the boys and all of that, but, man, he's doing so many dumb things right now, it's just annoying me so much, and it really doesn't give me confidence for the man moving forwards, but anyways... Yeah, man, In to an extent, tactics go out the window for this game because, man, our season comes down to this. If you can't get yourself up for this game, then kindly fuck off because we've heard Sabayoff saying, I think La Liga is better for my game. Uh, big man, you played like you belong in the Segunda. Like, uh, he was awful with El Madrigal. Apparently, Leno wants to leave. Personally, is what it is. He can fuck off. Uh... And for me, if he's not committed to the club, then I would play Matt Ryan on Thursday because we do not have time for unfocused, unserious dons in this game. So, yeah, man, as for my 11, what would I go with for the second leg? Well, it's highly dependent on a few things. Depends on if David Luiz is fit, Tini is fit, Lacazette is fit. I hope they are, but I don't know. Assuming that they aren't, then I'm going to go with... I think Leno will start in goal, so I'm going to go with Leno in goal. Right back, I'm going to go with Hector Bellerin. Uh, Centre-backs, I'm going to go with Callum Chambers and Gabriel. Left-back, controversial, but I'm actually going to go with Bukayo Saka for a bit of balance. Um, in the midfield, I'm going to put Granit Xhaka alongside Thomas Partey. Uh, on the right wing, I'm going to go with Nicola Pepe. In the 10 row, I'm going to go with... Um, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Martin Odegaard. And on the left, I'm going to go with Gabriel Martinelli. And through the middle, I'm going to go with our captain, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. So, yeah, just to run down my team again. Leno, Bellerin, Chambers, Gabriel, Saka, Partey, Xhaka, Pepe, Odegaard, Martinelli, and Aubameyang. So, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. We need to score. I know people are saying, why are you putting Saka at left back? Da, 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 da. He's our best forward player. Well, that's for one, that's quite damning that, that that's the that that's the case. I don't think that's I don't think he's necessarily head and shoulders above them, but that's even then that's quite damning that we're relying on a nineteen year old. 
I think for the purposes of balance, I would go with Saka there at left back. Like this is not a game to be. This is not a game f- to to be prideful. Just get the fucking job done, man. We need to be in the final. So I'll just go with that. The best for the team. And yeah, man, there's not a lot else I can say going into this game. We have to win. We have to win. We have to win. If you don't win, your season's over. And you won't be in Europe next season. So it's up to you to uh, give yourself that chance and get to the final where if you do get to the final, you'll be facing Manchester United. Because let's be honest, with them being 6-2 or part of their first leg, that tie is all but over already. So yeah, a potential final against Manchester United awaits till we get the job done tomorrow night. But yeah, man. Let's see if they'll turn up because our home form has been a joke. We haven't won at home since the North London derby. They had to pull it out of the bag. And yeah, nothing else I can say. So with all that in mind, let's get on to the final part, which will be the uh, West Brom preview. I'm not going to lie. I don't really want to bore you all with this preview because uh, to be to be quite frank, uh, I don't really care about the game. To be honest, all I care about is the Europa League. But... I'm still going to preview this game anyway. Arsenal against West Brom, Sunday at 7 o'clock. Uh, you know what? Uh, obviously, we're not going to have Maitland now playing against us, but uh, it is what it is. Let me just give you my 11 for this game. I'm going to go with Matt Ryan in goal, Cedric at right back, uh, Holding and Murray. Why not? They can get a game. Um. If he hasn't played on Thursday, then I'll go with Kieran Tini at left back, get some minutes in the legs. Uh, midfield, we'll go with Sabias and Anani again. Um, let's go with William Smith Rowe. Um, who goes on the left? Who goes on the left? Um, let's go with Gabby again on the left. And through the middle, if he's fit to start, then let's go with uh, Alex Lacazette for some minutes. So, yeah, run down my team for Thursday. I mean, for Sunday, sorry. Ryan, Cedric, Holding, Murray, Taney, Ceballos, Elneny, um, William, Smithrow, Martinelli, and Alex Lacazette because... Yeah, there's nothing else to really talk about. Of course, West Brom. I think we can officially relegate, or they might they might be down by the time we we play them. I'm not exactly sure, but either way, if West Brom do not beat us, then they are officially going down to the Championship. So they need to. They're going to give everything in this game. As for us, listen, we got Chelsea three days after this game, so I'm not trying to play any of the big hitters against West Brom really and truly. But yeah. That's that for this pod. Hopefully we win tomorrow. We have to win tomorrow. If we don't, man, it's going to be depressing season. It's going to be a depressing summer. It's going to be a depressing future for Arsenal Football Club. Uh, let's not think about that just yet. So, yeah. Yeah, hope you've enjoyed this pod. I'm going to get out of here, people. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. So, I'm out. Peace. Make a boy lay down on my celly, leave you on the deck like Mike Pantelli. TJ on the block, Spinelli, gen out the pot, yeah, make a spaghetti. Little man on the wing, Martinelli, he was in the field trying to pop his cherry. Rock that steady, sound of the box on your marks, get ready. Southeast steps southwest, and now we like steps southeast. With Phineas, not Belgique, but with a mop discreet. Free TG, free T, stuck in the box, got the job complete.